I'm Phil Hobden. And I'm Ollie Cadell. And you're listening to the Practice Evolution Podcast, brought to you by Walters Kluwer Tax and Accounting UK. In this podcast series, we talk to industry leaders, influencers, fellow accountants and technology experts. We're addressing key issues impacting you, the accountant, as you continue to evolve your practice and adapt to the ever-changing needs of both your teams and your clients. So, Ollie, this episode, we are talking about a subject that is very close to your heart and to your job, because we're talking about marketing, right? I'm so happy we are doing this. Well, firstly, I should say, at the time of recording, I'm three days away from flying to Mexico for a fortnight, Phil. I'm barely even listening to you. <laughs> but while I'm still in work oh. mode, yes, you are very much uh, at the at the centre of my of my working life. So I started my career in marketing around seven eight years ago, pretty much by accident, really. Um, I did English at university at undergraduate level. And like most English students, I had very little idea as to what I wanted to do in my professional life. And I had many, many conversations about it with family, friends, and so on. And my mother, who for reference is the deputy head teacher of a school, said (laughs) if she had her time again and she were to do something different, she loves teaching by the way, but if she were to do something different, she'd quite like to go into advertising. And it literally spiraled from that conversation that I thought, actually, that seems a really cool world to be in. Now, of course, marketing is not the same thing as advertising. And that's an important distinction that I would like to make. Advertising is, I guess you would say, a part of marketing. But marketing is a much broader discipline, shall we say, than that. And I studied it for my master's. I then started working in it in 2015. And I've worked in marketing for a variety of different industries. So it's a fairly diverse experience of it that I have really, both in B2B and B2C terms. But I'm really, really happy that we're doing a podcast on it because it means I have a really keen background in it. And, and also, right, it, it, it's something that, that really does impact practices. And, and we're not just talking about kind of how we market ourselves in terms of, you know, you know, look at us and look at our shiny services, but actually, how do we attract customers? How do we attract staff, right? That falls under the marketing remit. And we've been talking about this at work. We're starting to use our, our, our advocacy program, a, a bit of software we use, not just for promoting webinars and white papers and things like that, but actually talking about employment and recruitment, right? So it all it all fits under that, that big, wide umbrella. And in fact, we've got a couple of fantastic guests talk uh, that have spoken to us this episode. Ollie, who are our guests for this episode? So first up, I'm talking to someone that I barely know. <laughs> no, not really. I'm talking to uh, marketing direct, our very own marketing director at Walter Sclower Tax and Accounting UK, Sanjay Vadha. And we're going to be talking a bit about the core principles of marketing, um, how it's evolved over the last over recent years, the importance of different channels, and also delving a little bit into what's called customer advocacy, which I guess in accountancy terms is often termed word of mouth. How do you get your customers, your clients to bat for you in the market? And then later in the episode, Phil is going to be talking to someone that I've recently become acquainted with and I absolutely love. She's fantastic. That's Amanda C. Watts. 
at the time of recording, Amanda is actually partnering with us on a webinar series. She's already done two of these. There's one more still to come. And she's going to be talking about branding, marketing, sales, a really holistic collection of, of ideas and her experience in working with accountants on that. She is an expert in all things marketing for accountants. Yeah, they're, they're two really, really great chats. And you know, I think they're going to add a lot of value to our audience. So without further ado, let's get on with it. And uh, let's go uh, and let's talk to Sanjay first and catch up with the wonderful Sanjay, who, uh, who he points out is our director of marketing here at Walters Clue. Well, first of all, big thank you uh, for the invite, Holly and Phil. I feel very privileged to be on our WK podcast. So I'm Sanjay Varda. I'm the marketing director at Walters Clue Tax and Accounting UK. Um, I've been working in marketing for about 20 years. And I guess even though I started in digital marketing, I've seen a huge change in the industry over the years, which has been really driven by technology, data, social, and shifts in by behavior, the list goes on. I think it's the constant evolving and innovation in the industry is what I love about my job in marketing. And of course, working with the both of you. All right, so let's try and keep this fun fact marketing related. So my, my first job in marketing after university was for the radio station Kiss FM. Uh, how I got the job was quite funny actually. I was in the pub during our last few days of university after our exams and I overheard two people uh, sitting behind us uh, working at Kiss FM saying how they desperately wanted someone in their marketing team who had a passion for music. That made my ears prick up. I plucked up the courage to turn around and uh, talk to them. I talked myself into a, an interview the next day, the next morning. And uh, the next morning itself, when it arrived, I remember my housemates who were also on the marketing uh, course with me saying, if he's not gonna get up, I'm gonna go for the interview myself. Well, anyway, I managed to get, get up, go to the interview, and I, I landed myself a job. It's not the best career advice to anyone, go and sit in a pub and hope for a, a conversation, but, uh, that's my fun fact of how I started my work in marketing. Hello, I'm Ollie Cadell. You are listening to Practice Evolution, brought to you by Walters Kluwer Tax and Accounting UK. Uh, for those of you who are among our more loyal listeners, you'll know that we did Black History Month on our last episode, and I was quite keen in that app to not approach it with any kind of preconceptions as someone who couldn't necessarily talk from the heart, shall we say, about the subject. It's something I care very much about, of course, but it's not something that I can say I have my own personal experience of. This time around, the shoe is on the other sock, and I'm talking about something that I have a fair degree of experience in, but not as much experience just yet as my guest today, who is our very own marketing director, Sanjay Vata. Sanjay, hello to you. Hello, Ollie. This seems all very formal. This is not normally the manner of the conversations we conduct. It for, those of you, for those of you listening uh, who are putting two and two together, you might have realised that Sanjay is my line manager. He's the man I report to. Um, so we talk about marketing fairly often, you might say, but we don't get the opportunity as often as I'd like to talk about marketing at a more kind of conceptual level beyond our own strategy here at WK. So I'm really pleased that we get the opportunity uh, to do this at all and better still that we get the opportunity to do it 
and have other people listen to it as well. So I'm very pleased that we found the time to do this. So I wanted to start with a, a general overview of, of how you think marketing has evolved over recent years, because it, it is an area that's changing very, very quickly. It changes in line with emerging technologies, with new trends in popular culture and so on. And it changes depending on whether you are a B2B or a B2C marketer as well. What do you think are the, the kind of major changes in in the way that the space has, has evolved? Well, I've, I've read that marketing has changed more in the last 15 years than actually it has in the previous 50 years, right? And um, I think rather than saying, starting off with where marketing has changed, why don't we look at where it hasn't changed? Because I, re- I remember from my marketing degree, one of the books that was part of my course was uh, Philip Kotler's famous book from 1967, which was somewhat 30 years before my marketing degree. And he's considered one of the fathers of modern marketing at the time. And um, the book talked about kind of key underlining ideas that business actions must be driven by customers and their needs, right? Marketing is all about understanding, designing, communicating, and delivering value. And this is the foundation of any marketing strategy. So that fundamentally hasn't changed over time. What has changed is really the, the tools that companies are using now to create value, whether that's data, analytics, digital channels, automation, all of that stuff, right? Um, which are powerful in managing and measuring the value that you are delivering. So it's, it's key to really add value to your customers and prospects throughout the stages of awareness, consideration, and, and conversion in all of your marketing activity. Sure. Uh, for context, for those of you who are listening who are not marketing specialists, I can assure you that the book Sanjay just mentioned is still used in marketing degrees, certainly in the 2010s when I did mine. Uh, we read Kotler as well, and the principles that he uh, that he advocates are still very much at the core of what we do in marketing today. Uh, you talked, Sanjay, then about the customer's needs um, and building a marketing strategy around them. Most, if not all, of those listening will be primarily focusing on B2B customers. They'll be assisting uh, sole traders in many cases, small businesses, medium-sized enterprises. How do you think that kind of customer has changed in their behavior over recent years? Changes in B2B behavior in short? Well, I think the, um, the changes have been, again, driven by different channels, different information that is available to us, right? Now, you know, the process will vary from business to business, absolutely right but really if you're going out there to buy a car a tv or a vacuum cleaner the consumer will ultimately know the same if not more than a salesperson right especially when product reviews have been researched and the same really applies to to business to business where a prospect may approach a firm and will have done lots of research whether it's reading reviews whether it's reading articles and so forth so this information that's available in real time really does influence that buyer behavior. 
And the buyer behavior of business to business is becoming more complicated because there are more and more channels to consume information. And I think, you know, the, the beauty of marketing to a specific audience or ideal customer profile is really understanding who they are and where they are to be able to communicate to them, to help them on that journey. And that's really where it's changed. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I think it's absolutely vital that, that when we're looking to build a marketing strategy, we identify where our customers actually are in terms of channels. I think there is an assumption in many parts of, uh, of the business world at large, where we, we assume that customers are to be found via the most, inverted commas, modern channels, um, the emphasis on social media, the emphasis on online video and things like that. And these are legitimate channels. But I think it's also important that when we look to build a strategy, we look to build a multi-channel strategy, one that takes account of where customers are receiving information and where um, there's opportunity to to transmit information in, in different ways. What, what would you say about how accountants in particular might go about deploying different channels and building a strategy that, that transcends multiple channels? Yeah, I, I guess before we look at the, the channels themselves, I think marketing efforts really need to answer three prospect questions, right? So why should I change? This is the awareness stage where potential clients realize they may need a specific service and a new firm to work with. You know, th these challenges could be around financial issues. It could be operating in a competitive environment, strategic planning that's not being able to be delivered because of day-to-day -day business operations. Why with you is the second point. So once a prospect is aware of you, they've kind of entered into this kind of evaluation and consideration stage. Um, so this is where you need to continue delivering value to that particular audience. And then the final part is why now? So how do you get prospects to act and convert them into customers, right? So offering them various forms of social proof, whether it's um, reviews or whether it's testimonials, ensuring that you can build trust across all of the different channels. Now, multi-channel marketing um, does require time, resource, budget, right? So it may not be suitable for a solo or small practice. So therefore, it may be feasible to do a single channel and really focus on that particular channel, making sure that that's where your audience is. But as the name suggests, a multi-channel marketing strategy focuses on variety of different channels. These can be both on and offline. And I guess, you know, using this strategy, you can therefore create a consistent presence across an entire board of different channels. I think that's a really interesting answer, particularly regarding what you were saying about uh, employee reviews and, and things like that, because I think that's an area where it can be perceived that that's an alternative to marketing. That's what I find anyway, what I hear from the industry. And, and you'll remember, Sanjay, we worked with Accounting Web on a white paper about three or four months ago, I suppose, at the time we're recording this. 
And one of the key perceptions of, of their findings and what we worked on them with was this idea of word of mouth in the accountancy sector. The idea that word of mouth is more important than marketing. So if you can get existing clients to bat for you, then you don't need a concerted marketing strategy. My, my take on that is that they're two sides of the same coin. Employ, uh, customer advocacy is part of the marketing mix, surely. Yeah, I, I agree. Absolutely. I think if we look at word of mouth as two different types, right? The first one is organic word of mouth where you rely on referrals. And I imagine a lot of firms out there, especially when starting out, will rely on organic word of mouth. However, when relying on this, it's a bit of a risky strategy. You can't you know, rely on a steady stream of new business, new clients, and you're likely to get quieter periods when you know, you're not going to get the cash flow that you need as a, as a small business. And I guess another risk with this is organic referrals don't put you in control of the type of clients that are being referred to you, right? Are they your ideal customer profile? Are they the type of industry that you want to work with? So again, you, you may end up taking on clients that you don't necessarily want to. The second type, type of word of mouth, which you alluded to, Ollie, is, is what I call influenced word of mouth or customer advocacy, right? So advocacy programs encourage your most satisfied and loyal customers to proactively recommend your company. Um, to other potential customers, right? And there's, there's so many different strategies that you can use with customer advocacy programs, whether that's social sharing, getting your customers to share your, your social media content, customer testimonials, getting case studies from your loyal customers and sharing success stories of problems that you've solved for a particular type of audience, a particular type of industry, um, you've got reviews, um, Google and Trustpilot are two great examples and quite quick wins, to be honest with you. Um, and then you've got speaking opportunities where you can ask your customers to come onto webinars with you, onto podcasts with you, um, because they are um, advocates of your business, your loyal customers, and you're providing great service to them. So they should be shouting out, out there. And, you know, I think it's quite an easy step to get started with customer advocacy and don't say that to Ebelina, please um excuse the in-house joke there ollie but um here's we're, my we're tip, gonna have I to guess. put in a segment about who Evelina is now we should we should um so i love getting a shout out on this i'm sure absolutely um so choose five loyal customers right who fall into your ideal customer profile invite them to participate in your customer advocacy program and be clear on what you'd like them to do. Offer them a value exchange for helping you. So this could be any form of incentive. Highlight the pro promotional value of becoming an advocate, such as being on your website or any other publicity that you can support that business with. And then monitor and measure this and try and grow that advocacy group. So this way you are influencing word of mouth and you're asking your, your customers to help support you. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right, Sanjay. And for those of you listening at home, 
please stay tuned because we've got uh, some written pieces coming out on this subject of customer advocacy in the very near future, I hope. Sanjay, thank you so much for coming on. Folks, you have been listening to Practice Evolution, brought to you by Walters Kluwer Tax and Accounting UK. I really enjoyed listening to Sanjay. Now, I record this uh, this bit in the middle alone as Ollie is off on holiday as we edit this. So um, I'm not going to waste too much time waxing lyrical about what Sanjay said. Uh, you know, it's very interesting stuff. Um, and yeah, he's brought a really interesting view to how we market here at Walters Clue Attacks and Accounting UK. But what I want to talk about is my next guest, who is Amanda Watts. Now, Amanda, I've known for a very long time. Uh, we've we've worked together on projects previously, and I thought she'd be absolutely the right person to bring in and talk a little bit further on the subject of marketing, and specifically around working with accountants and marketing, because that's what she does for a living. So, without further ado, here is Amanda C. Watts. Hey, I'm Amanda C. Watts, and I specialize in helping accountants and business advisors with their brand and marketing strategy. The key thing that we focus on is creating a better income for them, and at the same time, create a big impact in the world. So actually, I'm cheating and I've got two fun facts because I think both of them are pretty boring, actually. Um, the first fun fact that I have is the fact that I am terrible with names. So when it comes to meeting people, if I call you honey, darling or sweetie for the rest of your life, yes, you are my honey, darling or sweetie, but also I cannot remember your name. The second fun fact that I have is that any song that you give me from the 70s, 80s, and possibly the first half of the 90s, I can probably tell you what it is within the first five seconds. I'm obsessed with all genres of music and I love it like that. So I'm joined by Amanda C. Watts and we are gonna continue diving deep into the themes of marketing and accountants and advisors. So Amanda, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. So we were talking before we were recording, the last time we saw each other in person, like COVID was such a thing, right? It was actually three years ago, 2019 zero cop. Yeah, and madness. What would we do if we didn't have COVID to talk about? Because it'd be like, I, I haven't seen you for three years. Uh... Uh, awkward. Yeah, <laughs> and I think I think we were there. We were there on on that grand that grand moment when at nine thirty in the morning, um, like there was drummers and street yeah. poets and dancing, and about three thousand accountants were sat in the room going what the heck is this at 9 30 in the morning i know it was way too early but it was amazing it was absolutely amazing it was it was it was one of those things that you remember right and and, yeah. and i think today is we're kind of talking a little bit about that theme right about standing out about kind of branding yourself and giving people those moments to remember so so i guess let's start with quite a high level question so let's talk about what the key what are the key challenges kind of accounting leaders are facing marketing their firms both to new clients and new employees yeah, absolutely. So there is a real shift in the market, which has happened over the past five to seven years, where you have the younger accountants that are running their firm, and they're showing up online, and they are getting some really good 
clients. And then you've got the more traditional established accounting firm owners who have relied on uh, referrals and they've relied on word of mouth. And they're starting to go, hey, why are they, you know, the younger generation getting the clients when I can see that we've got more experience, we've got more knowledge, we can help them more. Um, and it is, I'm afraid, down to two things, which is branding and marketing. And the other thing that I'm really starting to see is that firms are attracting really good teammates, team members, because their marketing is good. So there's, there's a dearth of great team out there. And what we're seeing is that the firms who are really visible online are the ones that are attracting the good team. So marketing and branding used to be kind of oh, I'm going to put an advert in the parish magazine for £30 every single year and I'm going to get clients. That's what marketing for accounting firms used to be. I know my dad used to do that for his business. Um, but actually now it's you have to be visible and you have to show up and you have to share your, your brand essence. I'm really seeing that. Um, and it's not a should I, it's a yes, you should. That's interesting. So it, it resonates with me because I did a presentation at our Top 50 event a few months ago. And it was about the theme of the age gap between partner and SME and partner and new employee. Mm -hmm. And we, I talked about how the language was different, the approach was different, and about how you have to kind of market yourself online, both now to attract clients. And, and it was that, that whole idea, right? Like, and I totally get it. If you're, if you're a business owner looking at someone that doesn't have an online presence, your average age is 33. Are you going to connect with that accountant? Mm -hmm. Or are you going, going to go with the accountant that's on social media, that's on LinkedIn, that's putting messages out there? So yes. it's, it's really interesting, right? It's a, a super interesting. Yeah, I've, I find that the accountants that are thriving are the younger generation because they've gone, do you know what? I've grown up with technology. To pick up my phone and post something on TikTok or Instagram or LinkedIn is super, super easy. And I'll, I'll share a quick story of how this actually really plays out in the real world um, is I had an appointment last week with someone that is a TikTok expert. And I said to him, I said, oh, I want to learn how to do TikTok. You know, my clients need to learn how to do it. And I'm not an expert on it because I'm, I'm older. And he looked at me and he said, to be honest, I don't think I'm going to be able to help you. You're too old. And I was like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was actually said to me. He was 22. He made his first million when he was 19, by the way. OK, doing content marketing. So he was 22 and he said to me, uh, I'm, you know, you're a bit old. And I said, hey, let me show you my YouTube. Let me show you my LinkedIn. Let me show you how I go live every day. Then let's have this conversation. And he did actually take it all back and was like, actually, I can help you. However, that was his first impression. He nearly didn't even have a call with me because at 47, he thought I was past it when it came to modern marketing. Now, if you've got a 90, well, he's 22 now, you've got a 22 year old judging me on that. What makes you think that there aren't 22 year olds, 28 year olds, 30 year olds judging the 50 year old accountant in exactly the same way? Like it's out there and there is nothing that we can do about it other than try and change the perception of ourselves. Yeah, that that that's super interesting. And you're right. Like the, the average age of the business owner of a business owner in the UK is 33. The average age of an accounting partner is 55. Yeah. So it, it is a huge gap. And yeah, wow. God, I yeah. don't get. I, I, when you said a TikTok expert, I was like, well, I don't really use TikTok, but I know I probably should. So I'll take his number. And now realizing how no. he was with you, I'm like, I'm not going to yeah. take his number no. now because yeah. he'll reject me. Exactly. 
exactly, exactly. And then from and I went live on uh, on LinkedIn the other day and YouTube sharing this story. And I actually had one guy reach out to me, an accountant, saying, "Amanda, I really need your help. I've got myself an eighteen year old client, but now I need to keep him." So there is that fear out there that you know we're getting the younger. Uh, entrepreneurial, the accountants are getting the younger entrepreneurial clients. But actually, what I'm seeing is that I need to be stepping up and helping the over 40s market to the younger people, because they they don't, they're not resonating, they're not being relevant. And that's what brand and marketing is all about, resonating with your ideal audience, and being relevant with the language that you're using. So how do you persuade an accountant who has traditionally worked in a, a much more kind of offline way mm-hmm. um, how do you persuade that accountant to to do more tiktok to do more social to to, to be more out there because it's it's hard like I, I know from my experience coming into to businesses i'm quite social media led as people may know i i put a lot on on linkedin mm. um but even convincing people within the businesses i've worked in to do more of that from md down to kind of junior and, and and kind of new people into the firm into the into the business it can be a really hard sell so so i can imagine that to an accountant uh, that's been around doing it traditionally for a few years is, is is tough it's tough and they actually need to make the sale to themselves i can't make that sale for them so what we have to do or what i have to do is say hey guys look at your client base is it the client base that you want Is the client base that you've got at the moment staying with you? And do you feel that you're not getting the good clients like maybe you used to through word of mouth? And I know for a fact that after working with over 500 accountants, um, they're not getting the clients that they want. Clients are leaving them left, right and center and going to the younger, more hip, cool and trendy people. And they're not growing in the way that they want to. So I can't convince you, uh, Mr. Accountant or Mr. Business Advisor, to do marketing. You have to look at actually what's happening in your business. And the solution is to do marketing and brand yourself. The solution isn't to get your system sorted. That's not going to get and keep you clients. The only thing that's going to get and keep you clients is to start showing up and being visible. (laughs) No, it's it's interesting. So would you say that for a prospective client, at least from the start, that the marketing and branding piece is more important than the tech stack piece. Yeah, hundred. Because there's two different two different yeah. schools of thought, right? I yeah. go out and say I could be zero, I could be dexed. I've yeah. got um, the latest technology with forecasting apps and, yeah. and debt chasing apps. Yeah. But actually, that's almost irrelevant if you can't get that person through the door. It's totally irrelevant. And I'll tell you what, it's not going to get the person through the door. The 22-year-old who has a million pound business selling his voice on YouTube and making money doesn't care whether he uses deck zero or whatever. They do not give a monkeys. They want to save as much tax as they can, make as much money as they can, and get some blimmin' advice on how to grow a business. They don't care about the tools. They grew up with tools. They're, they don't, they're not impressed with flashy tools. They have a computer in their hand that's bigger than the computer that got that you know got us to the moon they do not give a monkeys about your tech stack the 40 50 or 60 year old might but the younger ones and as you say the average age being 33 they don't give a monkeys they really don't they want to know that you understand their business and that you can help them get more from that business and i guess you talk a lot about driving new revenue and growth in a firm Mm -hmm. um how can 
business generating team members and marketing work closely or closer together to, to kind of really drive that revenue because often, often there's a disconnect right and I was talking about it this week that there's there can be a disconnect between that sales piece and the marketing piece mm-hmm. how do you start to net those two together especially in a business like accountancy where where sales is a bit of a dirty word right business development new clients it's a bit of a a bit of a dirty word so how do you kind of net those two things together to make it successful yeah absolutely so um they are joined they they are both very very important and what we have to understand is that if we can get marketing working really well 80 percent of the sale should already be made before they have a conversation with the salesperson Okay. now the way for that to happen is a three step process. So first of all, we have to build a brand. So before you start thinking, I want to sell more, we have to build a brand. And your brand is all about what your brand substance is, your brand positioning, who you are as a firm, who you are as key people in that firm. The second thing that we have to do is then build a market. And a market is an audience of your ideal clients. A great way to build a market is to create some kind of community, but you can create that community around you on LinkedIn. You can create that community in Facebook groups or other groups, but a community is a great way to build a market. And then you make the sale. Now, what I see a lot of accounting firm owners do is go, oh, I need more clients. I need to make more sales. And they forget to do the, I need to create what my brand stands for. So I attract the right clients. And then I need to form a relationship with people before they buy from me. Because the building a market section is all about relationship building. Get that bit right. And sales is, hey, how are you doing? Looks like we're a good fit. This is my proposal. This is where you sign. Yeah, I guess I guess that's a, that that's a really good point. It it starts with it starts with that brand awareness piece as well, doesn't it? And and I guess kind of you've you've kind of answered the question, but but how important is it to build that unique brand and identity? And and I think you've already talked about this, but how much should it be everyone rather than just a firm perspective? So, you know, obviously you you look at a business marketing as a business, but actually how much should we we think about our team marketing that brand as well yeah absolutely so there's three key brands in every business the first one is the business brand the second one is the personal brand so that's everybody's personal brands and raising that and then the third one is the product brand and the product brand is the language that you use around your service and you start to well, what I get my clients to do is we we package up their services and we turn them into a product and then we sell that product so we name it and that enables us to decommoditize them so um, if we were to look at Virgin for example uh, Virgin is the business brand Richard Branson is the personal brand and then the product brand would be Virgin Trains Virgin Planes Virgin Holidays they're all different products okay Steve Jobs Jobs, uh, Apple, and then the iPod, which doesn't exist anymore, but like Apple Mac or something like that. They're the three different brands. Now, what we do when it comes to personal branding, because that's the one where you've got your team, is you choose a few key team members to build a personal brand. And then when you've got a larger team, that team then supports those personal brands. So they like, they share, they comment, they, they share the key players in the business. That's the best way to do it because we don't want the admin girls running around building a personal brand because they're going to be with you for a couple of years. They're going to build this brand. They're going to go on. So they need to be supporting your business and your personal brand of the partners. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, it does actually. Yeah, that that yeah. that makes that makes a lot of sense. And and you're right about that point of you build a brand, but actually then they're gone. So you want the yeah. people that are going to be there for the the long term to yeah. to kind of focus on that and, and and work on that. Yeah, absolutely. And that that's the partners, and that is maybe your operations director, someone who's there for the long term, someone who is there and has a genuine interest in the business rather than a part time job that they're working on. So what are the quick wins that accountancy firms can do when when kind of building their story to, to and, and then using that to, to, to drive business? Yeah. So what what do you mean by building their story? And that's the, the biggest thing that I think that accountants struggle with is I don't know what you mean by building my story. Um, I know I have to have one. And um, I think that what got them to where they are now, they have a lot of history. So that could be a story they could share. I know Alistair, one of my first ever clients in the accounting profession, he wanted to start his business Splinter. He'd left PwC and he just wanted to be the best and wanted to have an amazing business. So his story was about how he used data in PwC and then took that into his business and did that. Um, the other thing is that there are other stories of how maybe you've come from nothing and you, you know, this the hero's journey is a story. But a lot of accountants get stuck with that because they're like, I left school at 18 and I did my accountancy and I grew my accountancy and I've done it ever since. So then we have to look at the big picture story of maybe what's the impact that they want to make on the world. So why, why does your accounting firm exist? Yes, it exists to make you money and give you your nice house and your skiing holidays, but it also exists to make a difference. So find out what that making a difference is and share that as well um, but the story and then the final story could be the story of your clients so get a decent client that you've worked with share how you've changed their lives and that can be your story so to recap it's your personal story it's the story of how you want to change the world or the third one is the story of one of your clients that you can use as a marketing piece Amanda, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. Uh, it's been great to catch up with you and, um, you know, uh, always great to chat and uh, look, look forward to speaking to you in the future. Looking forward to see how everything works out. Thanks so much for having me. So, Phil, every episode we go out across our social channels to get feedback on the topic we're discussing. This week is marketing. What are people saying this time out? Well, Ollie, first of all, I'm just honoured that I get to do the feedback for this episode because you've done it every episode so far. So it's my turn now. So let's you take make that a sound look. sound like you've been dying to do it. That is absolutely <laughs> not the case. It's not the case. It's not the case at all. So look, let's go and let's have a look and see what people are saying around marketing. So first up, we have Ashley. One of the biggest mistakes I see are firms using out-of-the-box copy for blogs, website copy, and other content. Not only is it detrimental to the firm's SEO, but it does the opposite of helping them stand out. Additionally, a clear lack of brand identity and personal branding amongst team members um, is a massive industry uh, issue and stops businesses from truly showing up where they need to be seen. I think that's a really, really good point. I think that whole point about personal branding is super significant. Richard says, um, fundamentally, you need to cover the bases and be seen to be seen. However, most marketing is about reassurance from the majority of firms. They'll grow regardless, but their reputation is everything. Personal brand is the most productive to invest in, but you need willing partners to get the most from things like this on your social. Stuart says, consistency is important. Give it a go for three months. 
and then disappear is what a lot of firms do. Um, but know your target audience and know what pain points they have. Mixing the personal stuff with business stuff and this helps build trust and give an idea of who the person is that they're dealing with. And I think that's really, really important. Finally, from Jordan, um, the biggest mistake he sees is activity but no strategy. I hear things like we tried email, blog, SEO, LinkedIn, etc., but it didn't work. They can all work, but having a strategy will help you decide which to focus on um, and how they should all work together. Uh, also from Jordan, the biggest other mistakes he sees are just relying on organic search traffic to drive um, direction to uh, your website, uh, marketing to everybody, which is the same as marketing to nobody, and no lead capture on the website. Once again, uh, fantastic feedback from everyone across our social channels. Thank you so much for getting involved in the podcast. Um, yeah, it's always one of my favourite segments when we, we hear what people's thoughts are on what we're talking about. And that's it for this episode of Practice Evolution Podcast. Uh, remember, you can find out more about Walters Kluwer Tax and Accounting UK by visiting www.walterskluwer.co.uk. Or you can connect with us on LinkedIn, or you can follow us on Twitter. Our next episode will be out in December, and we think we might be having a very special guest indeed for that one. But I really can't say at this moment in time who that's going to be. Uh, it's a surprise, right? So, uh, yeah. In fact, we've got a couple of good surprises lined up for December. Um, so, look, thanks to our guests for this episode, Amanda and Sanjay, and as well as everyone who sent back in feedback uh, and remember you can subscribe rate and review this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on and uh, thanks for listening and we look forward to uh, our christmas december episode take care thanks for listening bye-bye